ബാബുൻ <tries> إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء وهو أعلم بالمهتدين في سورة القصص الله the Almighty stated Verily you, O Muhammad, guide not whom you like but Allah guides whom he wills and he knows best those who are the guided the relevance of the chapter to the book and again the, the author has used an ayah as the chapter title he used the ayah again as the chapter title it has a relationship to the previous chapter the bab al bab al shafa'a for that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam despite his manzila and his qadr before allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that he is the best of the creations that he has no power to guide whomever he likes to guide or that he wishes guidance for them that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam does not have have this power at all so just as he has no power to intercede yawm al-qiyamah except with the permission of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except with the permission of allah subhanahu except with the permission of allah to intercede yawm al-qiyamah subhanallah this one is is removing what the power of the prophet sallallahu to guide in this dunya so if he's denying it in this dunya then it is less likely that he will give shafa'a without the permission of allah yawm al-qiyamah that's the relation between the two sheikh al-usaymi he said subhanallah when the dunya was was yani, yani a perceived mulk and a person could be confused into thinking that the prophet ﷺ might have some mulk in the dunya allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negated this mulk of him yani the mulk of the hidayah for when he negated it of him in this dunya then what min bab awla that he negated it of him where in the akhirah for in the dunya there's the hidayah and in the akhirah there is there is the shafa'a and allah and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negated that the prophet ﷺ has any power in either one of these in any one of these and that they belong exclusively to to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the chapter also refutes those who madalan ask and make dua to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when when this this power was removed from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and that he his the matter is not in his hands and similarly this one the hidayah is not in his hands yani making dua to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam or anyone below the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam yani this this kills their argument this kills their argument if the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not have the power to even subhanallah avert harm of himself or to even guide anyone then subhanallah how can you make dua to him and that this power only belongs to allah so this dua that you make only belongs to only belongs to allah and that if you were to do it to anyone else even the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam even the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam it would constitute it would constitute shirk wa qawlihi ta'ala innaka la tahdi man ahbabta walakin allah yahdi man yasha'u wa huwa a'lam bil muhtadin Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says innaka la tahdi innaka la tahdi ya rasulullah innaka la tahdi and we mentioned this before subhanallah that there's two types of guidance but the guidance that Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is negating here from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is which guidance hidayah tawfiq that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has no absolutely no power or hidayah tawfiq and if the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam does not have any power then anyone below him has no power innaka la tahdi لا تهدي you cannot you cannot يعني compel anyone to accept islam you cannot compel anyone to accept islam you can speak مثلا be the most fluent of people subhanallah and you might have the strongest hujja 
Yes, and you may bring the baraheen and the proofs and the evidences. But if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not written for this person to accept Islam, they will never accept Islam. And you put this in your mind, subhanAllah, that they will never accept Islam if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not decreed for them to accept Islam. That the hidayah, this hidayah to tawfiq, is purely in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Innaka la tahdi. So the hidayah which is negated here is the hidayah of the tawfiq. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah al-Shura, وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي So the first one, this ayah, it negates the hidayah, and this one, this second ayah, it establishes. وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ So obviously now there is two types of hidayah. So the second hidayah is, which one? وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ It is the hidayatul irshad, that the Prophet shows the path. And the, the Prophet ﷺ makes clear the path which goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when the Prophet ﷺ made this path clear, يعني, he taraktukum ala al al bayda, I left you on the clear path, the white path. It is clear. But is everyone following this clear path? Not everyone is following this clear path. The one that you would like for them to accept Islam. But with this ahbabt, you have to be very careful. Because al-hub wal-wala belongs only to whom? Only belongs to the believers. You say, I love my brother in Islam. Did you say, I love my brother in, in kufr? This goes against what? Al-wala wal-bara. Abu Talib was what? Was a mushrik. Yes, you have to be very careful of this. But, uh, subhanallah, we, we made this distinction before. Subhanallah, al-wala wal-bir. Al-wala wal-bir. Al-wala is something which stems in the heart. And al-bir... The one that you like and the one that you dislike, you can give them, يعني, يعني, present to them يعني, يعني, البر, يعني, to be good to them. Even مثلا, your, your, your neighbor who is kafir, your neighbor who is kafir, you can, you can have bir towards them. Does that mean that you love them and you have wala to them and allegiance to them in your heart? It doesn't mean this at all. When he says, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتُ Whom you like, that is, that you like that they should be guided. For the Prophet ﷺ, he said, خِيَارُكُمْ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ خِيَارُكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ إِذَا إِذَا فَقِهُ He said that the best of you in the jahiliyyah are the best of you in Islam when they learn their deen. إِذَا فَقِهُ When they understand their deen. But this goes to show what? There is khair. Sometimes there is khair in the kafir. But this khair will avail him nothing in Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Yes? But his khair is exclusive to this dunya. فَسُبْحَانَ يعني When he says, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْ Sometimes you see, مثلاً, this kafir, they are doing very good, subhanAllah. And you say to yourself, subhanAllah, this kafir, if only they would accept Islam. If only they would accept Islam, subhanAllah, they would be complete, subhanAllah. But because of their lack of Islam, subhanAllah, this is what's, this is what's holding them back, essentially. But you, you, would, you, would, you, you wish, you hope that they would, that they would accept Islam. And if they were to accept Islam, they would be our closest brothers and our closest sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ أَنْ يَهْتَدِي Abu Talib, what did he do? He, يعني, he, he protected the Prophet وسلم, And he protected, as a result of the protection of the Prophet وسلم, he protected the Muslimin in Mecca. And, they were, and he prevented them from being persecuted by Quraysh. So this is why the Prophet وسلم, came to him and said, Say, La ilaha illallah on his deathbed, as we'll come to say in the, in the next hadith. But he wanted him to accept Islam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching him a lesson. That this hidayah al-tawfiq is not in your hands. It is in the hands of... Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides whomever he wishes. It is, it is related to his mashia. He guides whom يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءَ وَيُضِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءَ وَيُضِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءَ Don't question who is guided and who is not guided. 
This is not for you to question. It is all purely from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Mashiach. He guides whom he wills, and he misguides whom he wills. وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُهْتَدِينَ Allahu Akbar. وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُهْتَدِينَ And he knows those who are deserving of the hidayah. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani this goes to show that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows those who are deserving, and this is why he gives them hidayah. And there are others who are deserving of what? Of misguidance. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala misguides them. But the ones whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, this is from the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the ones whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala misguides, this is from the hikmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Never ask why this person is guided and why this person is, is misguided. And if you are from the guided ones, say alhamdulillah. Say alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep me steadfast. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep me steadfast. Because as we'll come to say, the issue is not in your current state. The, the issue is what? Bil khawatim, in the end. This is how, and how you will end it. And then the general meaning of the ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs the Prophet of his inability to convert whom he likes to Islam. Allah alone can inspire people to accept Islam. He surely knows best who deserves to be a Muslim and who does not. And then the relevance of the ayah to the chapter, like we said, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala denied, denied that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa should guide or should have any power in guiding. And yani the guide is the hidayah to tawfiq. If he denied it of the Prophet in his dunya, then min bab awla he will deny what? The shafa'a yawm al-qiyamah. Except with his permission yawm al-qiyamah. But again, this guy, yani it's a rad, it's a refutation of those who make dua to the Prophet to bring about good. Yani the best good that can be brought about is what? Is the hidayah. Is the hidayah, yes? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides or yani, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides someone to Islam. Isn't this the best thing that you can you can ask of, of, of someone? But if this is negated of the Prophet, he cannot guide whom he wants. Then why would you go make dua to the Prophet? Anyone below the Prophet. And if you were to make dua to the Prophet, then it constitutes shirk. وفي الصحيح عن ابن المسيب عن أبيه قال لما حضرت أبا طالب الوفاة جاءه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وعنده عبد الله بن أمية وأبو جهل فقال له يا عم قل لا إله إلا الله كلمة أحاج لك بها عند الله فقال له أترغب عن ملة عبد المطلب فأعاد عليه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأعاد فكان آخر ما قال هو على ملة عبد المطلب وأبى أن يقول لا إله إلا الله فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لأستغفرن لك ما لم أنهى عنك فأنزل الله عز وجل ما كان للنبي والذين آمنوا أن يستغفروا للمشركين ولو كانوا لقرب وأنزل, في وأنزل الله في أبي طالب إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء وهو أعلم بالمهتدين That when death approached Abu Talib, Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to him and found Abdullah ibn Abi Umayyah and Abu Jahlin in his company. The Prophet said, O uncle, say there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, a word which will enable me to plead for you with him. The two of them said, Would you forsake the religion of your father, Abdul Muttalib? The Prophet repeated the request and the two of them also repeated their question. The final word of Abu Talib was about being on the religion of Abdul Muttalib and he refused to say La ilaha illallah. The Prophet said, But I shall continue or I shall pray for your forgiveness as long as I am not prohibited to do so. 
It was then that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the verse, it is not proper for the Prophet and those who believe to ask Allah's forgiveness for the mushrikeen, even though they may be of kin. Allah also revealed concerning Abu Talib, Verily you, O Muhammad, guide not whom you like, but Allah guides whom he wills, and he knows best those who are the guided ones. Alright, so this hadith, it's in Sahih, يعني Sahih al-Bukhari, it doesn't mention it here, but it's in Sahih al-Bukhari. And Ibn al-Musayyib, Ibn al-Musayyib عن أبيه, يعني just, uh, this is how he mentions the hadith. Ibn al-Musayyib was one of the tabi'in, one of the famous tabi'in, and he was a alim, and he was a faqih, Sa'ad Sa ibn al-Musayyib, and his father was al-Musayyib, Sa'ad ibn al-Musayyib, and al-Musayyib, he was, Sa'ad ibn al-Musayyib was a tabi'i, and his father was, was a sahabi, was a sahabi, so he, he heard this hadith from his, from his father, and, and subhanallah, he died yani, when he was yani, past 90, so he reached a very old age, this is uh, ibn al-Musayyib, Sa'ad ibn al-Musayyib. And then يعني, the hadith is, is يعني, the suburb of the nuzul of this ayah. Remember we said the suburb of the nuzul, يعني, the reason for revelation of why the ayah that we just mentioned, why it was revealed. And يعني, we'll just go through the alfad quickly. يعني, when, when يعني, Abu Talib was on his deathbed, يعني, the signs of death had appeared on him. The Prophet came to him. وعنده عبد الله بن أمية وأبو جهل السادات of قريش of the مشركين the leaders of of the مشركين فقال له يا عم he said to him يا عم يعني he is addressing him by يعني his kinship my uncle يا عم قل لا إله إلا الله كلمة أحاج لك بها عند الله just say لا إله إلا الله a كلمة which I will يعني essentially that الحجة يعني I will I will speak to Allah سبحانه وتعالى Regarding what you said, يعني it will put you in good stead this word. This is what a hujjah is. I'll put this hujjah before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he said, La ilaha illallah. Kalimata, just this word. And subhanAllah, we're going to look at this. He's not just uttering the kalima. For Abu Talib and Abu Jahl and Abdullah bin Umayyah understood this word. فَقَالَ They both said to him, لَهُ أَتَرْغَبُ عَنْ مِلَّةِ عَبْدِ الْمُطَّلِبِ أَتَرْغَبُ عَنْ مِلَّةِ عَبْدِ الْمُطَّلِبِ Do you... Turn away from the Milla of Abdul Muttalib. What is the Milla of Abdul Muttalib? That he is a mushrik. He was a mushrik. He was upon shirk. They used to worship the idols. Are you going to turn away from the Milla of your father? He said, Say la ilaha illallah, and they repeated, Atarabu am Milati Abdul Muttalib. Fakana akhiru maqal, hua ala Milati Abdul Muttalib. Wa aba an yakula la ilaha illallah. He did not end up saying la ilaha illallah, and he died upon the Milla of. Of Abdul Muttalib, the Prophet وسلم, said, I will make istighfar for you as long as I am not prevented from doing so. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the ayah, مَا كَانَ لِلنَّبِيِّ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرُوا لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ وَلَوْ كَانُوا لِقُرْبَ That it is not befitting for the, the Prophet وسلم, and the believers to make istighfar for the mushrikeen, even if they are, even if they are part of their family. وأنزل في وأنزل الله في أبي طالب إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء وهو أعلم بالمهتدين. and he said down the, this ayah one that we just took إنك لا تهدي regarding Abu Talib the Prophet ﷺ really wanted him to accept Islam and Allah سبحانه وتعالى wanted to teach him a lesson إنك لا تهدي من أحببت that this is not in your in your dominion in your power to do this سبحانه this is an exclusive power of Allah سبحانه وتعالى and then the general meaning of the hadith that Abu Talib used to protect the Prophet ﷺ in Mecca from being exposed to any harm from the disbelievers of Quraysh. Due to his uncle's protection, the Prophet ﷺ was keen to guide him to embrace Islam. When Abu Talib was on his deathbed, the Prophet ﷺ visited him 
and called him to Islam, hoping that he would embrace it before his death to attain ultimate success in the hereafter. The Prophet ﷺ employed his uncle to utter the shahada, while the polytheists urged him not to renounce the religion of his forefathers. They understood that uttering the shahada necessitates the renunciation of the false deities and dedication of all devotional acts to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The polytheists kept on urging him to refuse Islam till they managed to avert him from the truth and made him die upon shirk. The Prophet ﷺ vowed to seek forgiveness for his uncle unless he should be forbidden from doing so. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the prohibition of asking forgiveness for the mushrikun, for the, polythe- for the polytheists, and showed that the power of guiding to Islam belongs only to Allah, who grants it to whomever he wills, for those deserving of it. Well, yani the, 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 like we said, yani this shows the sabab al-nuzul. It, go, it describes the sabab al-nuzul for the previous ayah. How was this ayah revealed? So subhanAllah, the Prophet was haris. He really wanted his uncle to, to accept Islam. And as a result of this, this hirs that he wanted him to accept Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah, And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani denied that the Prophet has any, any yani share in guiding people to, to accept Islam, so subhanAllah, this is the best thing that can be asked of anyone, subhanAllah. For why would you make dua to the Prophet And if this was denied for him in the dunya, then yani he cannot do the shafa'ah except with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But like we said, subhanAllah, the relevance of the, of the hadith to the chapter, that the Prophet Yani, yani the, the, the power to guide has been denied of the Prophet So why would you make dua to the Prophet or anyone below the Prophet yani to, The best good that you could ask of the Prophet is than to guide someone. If he cannot even, yani he does not have the power to even do this, then subhanAllah asking him is, is an act of shirk. And that this should only be devoted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright, we'll quickly go through the important issues of the chapter. I think there's 12 of them. Alright, uh, explanation of the verse إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءَ And we just explain that. An explanation of the verse, and two, explanation of the verse مَا كَانَ لِلنَّبِيِّ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرُوا لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ وَلَوْ كَانُوا أُلِي قُرْبَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ أَنَّهُمْ أَصْحَابُ الْجَحِيمِ So this is the full ayah here. It's not mentioned the full ayah in the hadith. But the full ayah is مَا كَانَ لِلنَّبِيِّ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرُوا لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ وَلَوْ كَانُوا أُولِي قُرْبَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ أَنَّهُمْ أَصْحَابُ الْجَحِيمِ That when it is, يعني, if they die upon shirk and they die upon kufr and they die upon subhanallah uh, other than Islam, then it is not permissible for you to seek forgiveness for them. But this is what this, this ayah is saying مَا كَانَ لِلنَّبِيِّ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرُوا لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ even if they are close to them, even if they were their fathers or their, or their brothers or their mothers or their, their, their children, if they were mushrikeen, if they were mushrikeen, مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ أَنَّهُمْ أَصْحَابُ الْجَحِيمِ فَسُبْحَانَ تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ أَنَّهُمْ أَصْحَابُ الْجَحِيمِ يعني that they died upon, they died upon shirk and upon kufr. Three, it is a major issue in the explanation of the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, say, لا إله إلا الله, Differing with those who claim to be possessing religious knowledge. They claim it's sufficient to be forgiven by merely uttering the kalam. You know, the, re- the reality of the shahada is not just to say la ilaha illallah. That's what he's referring to, those possessing religious knowledge. You know, you know, they say that it is just enough for you to say la ilaha illallah. But when Abu Talib, when he told him to say la ilaha illallah, he understood what la ilaha illallah meant. And that's why they, we say the mushrikeen of before, they understood la ilaha illallah more than the muslimin of today. More than the Muslimin of today. Because I understood what La ilaha illallah means. If you say La ilaha illallah, that means all their idols, they had to, they had to renounce them. 
But this is what he's saying here. And if he said, La ilaha illallah, he knew what it meant, Abu Talib. And, and Abdullah ibn Umayyah, he understood what it meant. And Abu Jahl understood what it meant. For Abu Jahl and those who were with him knew full well this intent of the Prophet ﷺ when he said to the man, his uncle, say, La ilaha illallah. May Allah denounce the ones who were less knowledgeable than Abu Jahl regarding Islam. Subhanallah. But subhanallah, what did Abu Jahl understand? What did Abu Jahl understand? He understood what La ilaha illallah meant. Yes? Otherwise, he wouldn't have said what? He said, Atargabu an millati Abdul Muttalib. Are you going to turn away from the millah of Abdul Muttalib? Which goes to show what? That the millah of Abdul Muttalib is not La ilaha illallah. Yes? Otherwise, they wouldn't have reminded him in the first place. Five. The eagerness and intense desire of the Prophet ﷺ to convert his uncle to Islam. Because he was his uncle and that he helped him a lot. And he helped the Muslimin and he served Islam. And as the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَيَنْصُرُ هَذَا الدِّينَ بِالرَّجُلِ الْفَاجِرِ بِالرَجُلِ الْفَاجِرِ That Allah SWT might sometimes support this deen with a person who is not a Muslim. يعني رَجُلِ الْفَاجِرِ يعني فاجر يعني could be sinful or could be a disbeliever. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supports this. And this is a classic case of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supported the deen of Islam through Abu Talib. And he protected the Prophet and he protected the Muslimin. And he, subhanAllah, prevented them from being punished by Quraysh because of, of, the, of, of the protection that Abu Talib gave to the Prophet But essentially he died upon, he died upon shirk. But this is why the Prophet was eager for him, for him to accept Islam. Because he saw him as, yani he, he was close to him and, and he helped Islam a lot. For he, he felt that, subhanAllah, his Islam would complete this, this goodness in him. And that he would be saved from the hellfire. Six, the denial of those who claim that Abdul Muttalib and his forefathers were Muslims. Yani he refused to those who claim, like we just said, that Abdul Muttalib, those who claim that Abdul Muttalib was a Muslim. Otherwise, why would he say, why would they say to him, أَتَرْغَبُ عَنْ مِلَّةِ عَبْدُ الْمُطَّلِبِ Why would you say, will you turn away from the millah of Abdul Muttalib after the Prophet Sallallahu said to him, La ilaha illallah. But this goes to show that the millah of Abdul Muttalib is not La ilaha illallah. That he died, that Abdul Muttalib was not, a, was not from the Muwahideen. Seven, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala did not forgive Abu Talib despite the Prophet's initially asking forgiveness for him. On the contrary, he Sallallahu Alaihi was forbidden to do so. But SubhanAllah, yani, the Prophet's dua is the, mo- is the most likely to be answered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If the Prophet sallallahu made a dua, then his dua is the most likely to be answered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because he was the most complete of the muwahideen. And his dua before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most likely to be accepted. Yet in this instance, what? Was it accepted? It was not accepted. And in fact, he was denied. He was prevented from making istighfar for them. He said, I'm going to make istighfar as long as, uh, so long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not prevent me from doing so. Yani the reason why his dua wasn't accept, accepted yani to show that the matter is completely in, in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Eight, the harmful influence that evil companions can have on people. Subhanallah. Yani julasa Subhanallah, what worse companion that you're on your deathbed and they're telling you to commit shirk. What worse companion can you have than, than this one, subhanallah. And in the end, yani with the permission of Allah, they prevailed. They prevailed. First, where subhanallah, Shaykh Abu Nathaymin, he said, yani a bad friend is not just in shirk. Yani this is the worst of the worst. But it's also applicable to something below shirk as well. The ma'asi and the dhunub and the bid'a and a person who influence, influences you in this regard. And as the Prophet said, Al-mar'u ala deeni khalilihi falyanzur ahadukum man yukhalil The person is according to the deen of their friends. So look who you befriend. Look who you befriend. Look who your friends are. Because the person, subhanAllah, the, the tabi'ah of the insan is that they, they are affected by the people around them, subhanAllah. And the best friends you have are the ones that affect you for good. 
the one that affects you, مثلاً, يعني in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is not just something that we tell our kids, مثلاً, خليلي, make sure you choose your friends carefully. And then, subhanAllah, as adults, we have the worst of friends, subhanAllah, which influence us in the worst of ways, subhanAllah. But it's not just for the children, this is for the adults as well. This is also for the adults, it's very important to understand. Nine, the harm of overpraising the ancestors and important personalities. What did they remind Abu Talib of? They said, Millati Abdul Muttalib, the, the Milla of Abdul Muttalib. Who was Abdul Muttalib? He was his father, yes? He was his father. He reminded him of, his, of, his, of what his father was upon. But this is a hujjah batila. The, 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 the haq is not according to the personalities. It's not to our father and our forefather. The haq is al haq. Al haq is al haq despite who the personality is. But this is the harm of overpraising the ancestors. The Milla of Abdul Muttalib, you're going to leave the Milla of Abdul Muttalib. Who was Abdul Muttalib? He was your father. He was, he was this and this and this and this. For overpraising them, this is what led to his eventual destruction. 10. The arguments of falsifiers are the arguments of jahiliyyah. These are the falsifiers. Essentially, what it's saying, the false argument. The false argument that they use that this is what our fathers used to do. What do Ahl al-Bid'ah do these days? They say this is what our aslaf were upon. Our fathers, this is what our fathers worshipped. We were Hanafis all our life. We want us to now to change. My father was a Hanafi and my grandfather was a Hanafi and my great-grandfather was a Hanafi. And we used to follow this sheikh and we used to know this sheikh and this sheikh, the sheikh of this sheikh and 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 and. and. For, subhanAllah, if these people were upon batil, then this is not a hujjah. For the hujjah of what the people use now is the same as the ones that the people of the Jahiliyyah used. Our fathers and our ancestors and and and. 11. An, an attestation to the weight of the final deeds in one's life. Because had Abu Talib confessed it, that there is no true God but Allah, he, had, he would have benefited from it. This would have saved him from what? From eternal punishment in the hellfire. If he just said, La ilaha illallah. Because he understood what it meant. And again, it goes back again, the opposite side of the scale. That Mathalan, a person does all bad deeds in their life, and then in the end, they subhanAllah, they do good deeds, which bring them closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as a result of that, as a result of that, they enter paradise. As a result of that small deeds right at the end of their life, they, they will enter paradise. But does anyone know how they, when they are going to die? No one knows when they are going to die. But subhanAllah, we always, we always want to be on Yani we always want to be on the haq. We always want to be on the haq. Because we don't know when we are going to die. If I don't fall into this trap, then I'm going to fall into the ma'asi. I'm going to do all the ma'asi. And then when I'm 60 years old, I'm going to make a sincere tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, and then my tawbah will be accepted. And then I will enter Jannah. Can you guarantee that you're going to survive till tomorrow? You cannot guarantee it. 12. The consideration of the magnitude of this false argument in the hearts of the misguided. Because in the story, they did not argue except with it. Despite the intense effort of the Prophet ﷺ and his repetition of the kalima, because of their tremendous pride in ancestry and its distinction among them, they were content with it. For subhanAllah, when they were, when they were uh, speaking to Abu Talib, did they mention anything other than the Milla of Abdul Muttalib? Did they mention anything other than this? They thought this is enough. This is enough to keep Abdul Muttalib upon shirk. This is enough to keep him. We just mentioned what? His ancestry. Okay, we mentioned the ancestry of Abu Talib, that his father was Abdul Muttalib, and then his father was whom, and, and, and. But did they use any other excuse other than this? They didn't use any other one, because this was what? In their hearts, the ancestry was mu'azzam in their hearts. It was something big. It was something big, and they didn't think that they needed to use anything to convince Abu Talib.
Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik wa jazakumullahu khairan